0: Hello and welcome to Praying on Purpose. Today I would like to conclude, at least for now, a conversation which began several weeks ago in which we attempted to explore how prayer evolved into what it is today. Because, as we pointed out, we find in Tanakh numerous examples of individuals who seem to pray completely spontaneously, on their own, without being prompted, and they do so at no fixed time, no set place, no established liturgy, and whatever they say seems to just be coming directly from their heart. They're not being told how to pray, or even for that matter, to pray at all. But people just do so. And that seems to be a model which inspires us, and in many ways, models for us what prayer should be. On the other hand, we know that we are to pray because the Torah tells us, Uli Yavda B'chol avchem." Tefillah is referred to as Avoda. And when we think about Avoda, worship, so of course, we know that we have, within the Torah itself, a prescribed manner of worship, the Avodah HaMikdash, which couldn't be more different than the spontaneous, flexible, individual, personal prayers that we find throughout Tanakh. This is an area of ritual service which is clearly defined and very highly regulated, a very prescribed order, with absolutely no room whatsoever for individuals to be spontaneous. And so how do we reconcile what seems to be two completely opposing models of worship of God? And what we began to introduce last week is the possibility that in fact prayer has evolved over the course of time. That whereas initially prayer was in fact designed to be a very personal, individual experience, with the introduction of the Avodos Akabanos and the Beis HaMikdash, there was a centralizing of sorts that took place and everybody was brought together to serve God in a very, very set, ritualized manner. And as the Rambam in the beginning of Hilchos teaches us, after the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash, the Anshei Knesset Sagadola saw to it to create a system in which prayer would continue to be a centralized service, in which we would be saying the same words at the same time, and in this way, it would continue to unite the entire Jewish community in service of God. We pointed out that even synagogues, even the shuls in which we brought Davin, are identified by Yechezkel Navi as being a Mikdash Ma'at, a miniature temple. And in this regard, even though we no longer have the Beis HaMikdash, we are, in a certain sense, we are able to sort of perpetuate that experience that took place in the Beis HaMikdash. I'd like to conclude the conversation today by sharing with you, first of all, several more excerpts from Rabbi Jonathan Sachs of Racha in his introduction to the Koran Siddur, where he so beautifully and so eloquently sort of captures what has happened and how prayer has evolved into what it is today. So he writes, What had once been two quite different forms of worship now become one. Prayer took on the highly structured character of the sacrificial service with fixed texts and times. The silence that had accompanied the sacrifice was transmuted into speech. Two traditions, prophetic prayer on the one hand and priestly sacrificial service on the other, merged and became one. That is the remarkable story behind the words. What is the service of the heart? That is prayer. A Prayer continues, Rabbi Sachs, as we have known it for the two millennia, draws on both traditions. More remarkably, we honor both, because each amida is said twice, one silently by individuals, a second time aloud and publicly by the leader. The silent amida recalls the prayers of individuals in the Bible while the leader's repetition recalls the sacrifice. Hence, there is no repetition in the evening Amida, since there was no sacrifice in the evening. In prayer, two great streams of Jewish spirituality met and became one. And so therefore, Rabbi Sack suggests that tefillah and Avoda, these two models, at one point they were completely separate, different experiences, and one existed sort of disconnected from the other. But after the destruction of the Beis Hamigdash, these two streams sort of merge into one. And that is what we have today. We have a system of prayer which, on the one hand, does seem to model avoda. When you think about it, there is accountability. We have numerous simonim and aruch that tell us all of the governing principles of not just that we are supposed to pray, but where to pray and when to pray and what to pray and what to say and what if I leave a word out and what if I forget to say this at this time, can I make it up later, where do I insert it? Prayer is, on a certain level, a very, very highly regulated ritual service of God. And there is, on a certain level, not all that room for flexibility. The Shmon the 18 brachos, or more accurately, there are really 19 brachos that we recite today, is sort of a spiritual checklist. When we say these brachos, it's not merely that we are being offered an opportunity to express things that should be important to us. It is not merely an opportunity for us to reflect on the things that we are not thinking about, that we wouldn't necessarily know to ask for, or be reminded to ask for, if we're not for the fact that we are prompted by the Siddur. But it is, on a certain level, it is something which is ma'ached, which unites all of Klay Yisrael. Jews all over the world are davening every single day using the very same text. That is something which is an extraordinary concept. It is a beautiful idea. You must have had the experience where you go into a shul. It could be in the middle of nowhere. You don't know anybody there. Perhaps you don't even speak their language. If you're in a foreign country, if if you're visiting a shul, I know, in France, you don't speak French. But when it's time to da'av mincha, ashoi yoshei Secha, We all of a sudden, we speak the same language. And I do believe that given the fact that there is this very highly structured system of prayer, It does create greater potential for a true meditative experience. Because we haven't really spoken much about meditation yet, partially because I don't know much about meditation. But my understanding is that one of the ways in which we can really succeed in achieving some sort of meditative experience is when we are able to focus on the same ideas and concepts and words again and again and again. When we are constantly moving from one place to another, when we're shifting ideas and thoughts and words in our mind and we, we can't stay in one place when our entire connection and our prayer experience is one which is very spontaneous, when we are always looking to customize, so then we miss out on the opportunity to sort of remain anchored and focused and engage in something which could really be a very meaningful meditative experience. But in addition to the fact that tefillah, as we said, is very, very structured, and it is this concept of avodah, it is something which is customizable. Tefillah is supposed to be a genuine experience. You know, one of the first things that we learn together is how important it is to prepare oneself for davening each and every day by reflecting for a couple of minutes beforehand. That, by definition, is a unique and personal experience. I'm not thinking what you're thinking. You're not thinking what I'm thinking. I'm trying to bring my own self into this moment. Prayer is a time in which we are encouraged, and hopefully do succeed, in gaining personal growth. This is a time in which I should be transforming myself as an individual. I should be engaging in introspection. I should be thinking about what I've, what I've done until now, what I'd like to do when I'm done davening. What is my day going to look like? Strengthening a connection between me and the Rabbonu Shalom is something that has to be personal. It is something which has to reflect this sort of flexibility. And... It must be noted as well that I do think that prayer does encourage that we take certain initiative. There are opportunities. We're not going to discuss the details right now, but there are opportunities for us to go in to insert personal requests and bakashos in our Shemot Not only, but of course, I guess most notably in Shema Kolenu, where... It is, seems to be almost sort of a generic bracha of, of sorts, and I don't believe that's all it is, but for now we'll leave it at that. And there's an opportunity to pause in the middle of the bracha and to insert all the things that I may be thinking and feeling, the concerns, the worries, what's on my mind, that I didn't find a place for in any one of the brachos that I've mentioned until now. So it's not as if Chazal tell us, listen, it's all here. You've got to say these words, and if you can't find what you're trying to say, look again, it's, it's there. There is an understanding that each and every one of us may, from time to time, feel the need to go ahead and to insert ourselves in a more meaningful, genuine, personalized way. And that is not just okay, that is something which is to be encouraged. But what we're left with at the end of the day is a system of prayer which really combines these two models. It is not exclusively the prayer concept that we find in Tanakh. Which was very, very flexible. Which each and every individual would say whatever it is that was on their mind, with no set order, no set time. But it's also not the highly regulated system which is found in the Beis Hamikdash, the Avodas Hakabbanos, the Avodas Hamikdash. It is a combination of the two. And if we see it as such, we are able, hopefully, to really draw a very, very unique inspiration from both models. And when we are able to see them as being sort of the fusion that they are together, hopefully this will enhance. Our prayer experience in general, but really enable us from different places and times in our life to really see prayer for what it is. It is an opportunity for us to connect with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a deeply personal way, and at the same time, it is a channel through which we can connect with the rest of the Jewish people. It is a way in which, even days in which we are not feeling particularly motivated and days in which we are not feeling inspired enough to go ahead and to open our mouths and to speak from our hearts, we still have the opportunity to connect with HaKadosh Baruch Hu through a text which has been given to us. We have the opportunity to become part of a centralized system in which tefillah is transformed into avoda, and an avoda which is always an opportunity for us to go ahead and to be Mispalil from the depths of our heart. This is the beautiful evolution of prayer into what it is today. Two models which have become merged into one. I hope that each and every one of us can find tremendous, not just inspiration, but real comfort in seeing the wisdom of this system and learn how to be able to leverage these two models and to lean into each one, depending on where we are at any given point, So that the entire prayer experience can become always for each and every one of us a very, very meaningful opportunity to connect with Ekadush Baruch. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day.